welcome to Healthy Perspectives Podcast with Jeremiah, where we provide clinical perspectives on current social and cultural issues. And don't forget, you can subscribe at Podbean, Spotify, Apple, or anywhere you listen to podcasts. Please subscribe at any or all of them. You can follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Getter, Twitter, and many other social media sites. Or you can email us at healthy perspectives with an S at protonmail.com. All right, all right. Welcome back. Happy New Year. It is 2023. We have begun a brand new year. And I hope that it's starting off fantastic for you. We have obviously in the last week made some pretty significant changes here. We are now on Rumble. We are now on YouTube. And I'm going to see if we can keep that going for a while. Uh, Most of you know, I typically do two to three podcasts a week. I want to make sure that uh, you know, I'm, I'm being reasonable to myself. Uh, I currently do not get paid for this. So all of this is just an attempt to be, uh, a, a, an influence in a positive way in our culture, in our communities. So, uh, those of you who support me, thank you so much. Uh, visit my website. You can, uh, you can reach out to me personally if you would like all that kind of good stuff. But happy new year and let's get this thing a rolling. I'm also noticing since I am now on Rumble and uh, YouTube that uh, I can see myself in a video and I'm wearing a little bit of an orange shirt today and I'm not sure <laughs> it looks real great on the screen. So another reason why the podcasting, you know, is, is, is kind of a neat feature because you don't have to look at this guy. All right. Uh, I'm going to start right off this year with an issue that was really big in 2022, and I think it's going to be equally, if not even a larger discussion point in 2023, and that is 1.64 million, 1.64 million. What does that mean? Well, let's put it in perspective, and then I'll tell you what it means. The population of Philadelphia is less than 1.64 million. Philadelphia happens to be, just in case uh, you're watching and you see me looking down, I've got this data so that I don't screw it up. All right, the population of Philadelphia, it's the sixth largest city in the nation. It's number six. And 1.64 million is bigger than the population of Philadelphia. That is a massive number. And that number represents unique encounters at the border in 2022. Now, fiscal year runs from, I believe it's like September through September, something like that, or October, uh, October 1 through the end of September. Uh, So we have actual data for the entire fiscal year of 2022. 2.38 million. That's the total number of encounters. Obviously, some of those are re-encountered people coming across the border. So you'll see that that's significantly larger. That is larger than the fourth largest city in the United States. What city is that? Houston. It's larger than the entire population of Houston. It's approaching the population of of Chicago. 
Oh my goodness. That is a lot of people. Now I'm a therapist and I'm going to have to put a clinical twist on this because that's what I do in my podcast. Try to, I try to keep it really human oriented, like based on what we want or need from people, those social interactions, the psychological uh, makeup, stuff like that. So I've got a, I got my work cut out for me to turn this into something that is uh, clinical, but I'm going to do it. That by the way, does not account for Godaways for people that they they don't even encounter because they they sneak right on through. And that's happening at our borders as well. We're running out of resources at the borders. We've heard that uh, recently in the news and you know there's different cities along the borders uh, or the southern border that that are struggling with resources. Seems to be relatively common knowledge now, so I'm not going to get a ton into that. The debate recently that I have seen has switched from you know immigration illegal immigration or immigration to this term asylum so i want to dispel this myth right from the beginning i did a little research i looked up what what does asylum mean well according to the department of homeland security which is i don't know a major player in border control it means this is their quote refugee status or asylum may be granted to people who have been persecuted or fear they will be persecuted on account of race, religion, nationality, or membership in a particular social group or political opinion. What does that mean? I mean, some of you might have had that wah, wah, wah moment. Some of you probably kept up just fine. But what does it mean? It means that there's 1.64 million people who feel threatened by their government or their government is unwilling or unable to protect them from those threats, those internal threats. Holy schmoly, folks. Imagine a city the size of Philadelphia trying to escape to get somewhere else, the entire city just trying to disappear, go someplace different. Oh my goodness, this is a real human problem. Like if we are really humanitarian, if we are really kind, caring, empathetic, loving, supportive, compassionate people, we cannot look at this and ignore that it is a problem, a big problem. Is it a problem because it's an invasion, as some people would like to say? Maybe. I mean, that doesn't show kind compassion and empathy toward the people who are here legally trying to do things the right way. So maybe. But that's not really my take. My take is more along, it's a problem because these people they feel threatened. They feel persecuted. They feel unsafe at their house, their home. That's a problem. So set that aside for a moment. We'll come back to it. What is the purpose of a border? 
I mean, every nation has borders. That's just a reality. Some are more mobile than others. You know, there's there's some locations in the world where there's constant fighting over borders or different controls within the border that make those borders, you know, either really firm or really loose. What's the purpose, though? The purpose of any border is safety safety of the citizens of that nation and safety of those who would want to get in to that nation. See, if you come to a nation like the United States legally, you want those borders to keep the people who persecuted you out. It's still a safety issue. So in fiscal year 2022, we had 949 arrests. That seems very small, right? But wait until I give you the rest of the information. 949 arrests for non-citizen criminals who already had outstanding warrants. Okay. It's relatively small, but that is a very niche group of people. Those are already considered to be dangerous people. 949. There was 3,585 pounds of marijuana seized. There was, oh, this is at the border, folks. I'm, I'm only specifically talking about U.S. Customs and Border Protection. 1,150 pounds of cocaine, 110 pounds of heroin, 4,717 pounds of meth, and the one you've all been waiting for. 719 pounds of fentanyl, which was up from 474 pounds in 2021, which I believe was a record-breaking year itself. So we've almost doubled from a record-breaking year. That is a lot of non-safety. That is our people here in the United States, our legal citizens being at greater risk. And unfortunately, that has played out in many stories. Now, I didn't get a whole bunch of data on that, but I do know there has been multiple stories that have come out about teens taking stuff and then it was laced with fentanyl or had it in it and then they they died. Like it's it's not they got sick and they went to the hospital. No, they died. So we know it's happening. At what degree? I don't know. I don't have that data. There is one other thing when it comes to safety. I want to point this out because I'm not 100% sure what this means, but my statistical background, which I was a stats major, uh, well, I was a math major before I was uh, a therapist, before, you know, anyway. So part of the reason I'm pointing at this is because there's something here, and I'm not sure exactly what it's pointing to, but it's something. The recidivism rate 
That means the rate of return to the border in 2017 was 10%. All right, that seems pretty low. 2018, 11%. That means that means like you know, nine out of 10 people who try and don't make it, they they, they just turn around, they they go back. One out of 10 will try again. Then in 2019, it was 7%. I'm like, oh, okay. 2020, it went up to 26%. Somewhere, someone seems to have gotten some kind of a message, whether that's based on real information or just communicated information. I don't know. But the message is try, try, try again. In 2021, 27%. And we don't have the data on 2022, according to U.S. Customs and Border Protection yet. Not sure why, but it's not out, so I couldn't access it. This could mean that the chances of getting caught or the consequences have likely dropped. They have plummeted. If they're not afraid of getting caught because all they're going to get is turned back, and then they can turn around and try it again, then why wouldn't they try again? If there's some kind of a consequence for being caught a second time or a third time or a fourth time, and I don't know what that would be. I honestly, I, I didn't look up the laws on that. But if that were the case, then those numbers, I would expect that they would probably have dropped, not increased. So again, I'm not 100% sure what that's about, but that does raise some safety concerns because if that's, if our recidivism rate is that great, if it's, you know, let's say 10 people who try to get into our country to, you know, cause massive destruction, that means more. So uh, let's do the basic math. If it were four people, that means one of them is going to try multiple times. And get away with it somehow. That means one out of four will return, even if they're caught and turned back. One out of four. That's, I don't know what that means, but that's a big, that seems like a big deal. And I, I'll be interested to see what that means as the year goes on. So the big question as a therapist that I ask, you know, I, I ask things about, is this healthy or unhealthy? Is it safe or unsafe? Well, this question is, is this safe to have a border with these kinds of issues? And now I only pointed to one, well, really one significant issue, and that's drugs. I actually, maybe another, because I did talk about warrants, right? People coming here who are already considered bad people. Um, and, and I'm not, that's not my judgment. That's legally looking at them as they did something against the law. They are either unwilling, unable to follow the law. Uh, like that's, you're not talking about the cream of the crap. So is it safer? No, absolutely not. Which is why I think there's a, you know, the border towns are in a little bit of an uproar because this, this isn't safer. We must increase safety. But the question then from a therapeutic lens is always the how, because how matters, right? If we go down there with, you know, a bunch of military folks and we secure the border, because we're shooting people, that says we have no compassion. We're cruel. We're heartless. Do we want to be? 
cruel and heartless? I don't. I'm, I, I chose to be a therapist for a reason. I, I counsel people because I have a heart. And I'm thoughtful. And I want us as a nation to be thoughtful. I want you to be thoughtful and compassionate, kind, caring, respectful. These are all things that are important from a therapeutic lens because these create healthy relationships. They create healthy dialogue, healthy perspectives. So from a therapeutic view, what I'm looking for, I want compassion and thoughtful. That's what I want. All right. So how can you, how can I do this? How can we do this? This is really important. How? Well, number one, and you've probably heard me say this kind of stuff before. This is not new. Number one, recognize that those people are responding how you and I would if we were in that position. Most likely, that is the reality. That is how we infuse empathy. They are most likely doing what we call a cost-benefit analysis. And I went ahead and I put this together, so I'm going to pull it up real quick. For those of you who are watching, you will be able to see this. This is very intriguing to me. This is what they are doing, in my opinion. They are looking at a scale. On one side, it's life or death here in my homeland. On the other side, it's life or death there. Wrong there, but that's okay because I make mistakes. So those of you who saw that, there's a scale. That's what it looks like. And I caught the typo myself, so you don't have to send me a note. Thank you very much. Have a great day. Now, why does that matter? Why would they weigh my life here versus my life there? Because they're trying to do one of two things. They're trying to weigh, if I'm going to die, do I want to die trying to be there? Or do I want to die trying to be here? That's a tough position for somebody who's feeling persecuted. So chances are you and I would respond in a similar fashion as they do. Then I would suggest the second step, which is ask where the problem begins. Because as of right now, we are purely reacting. We're just reacting. We are reacting because we have not been proactive. Okay. If the problem is primarily fear of persecution, in other words, they're leaving something, they're leaving this fear behind, or at least they're attempting to, then that means they are less fearful of getting caught, getting across the border illegally than they are of staying where they are. And the solution to that, unfortunately, is political intervention between the two governments, between the United States government and the government of Mexico. That's where it would have to go. Because ignoring it won't work. So how do you and I create this political movement. Well, when we look at it, 
and we look at the social constructs, the way that they are set up, it's really not that difficult. Hold politicians accountable by your vote, by letters, by phone calls, by attempting to, uh, you know, go to city council meetings when you, whenever you can, other local meetings, uh, you know, going to your legislature, uh, speaking on behalf of others who can't make it there because they're working to make a living. Uh, maybe you're in retirement. Maybe you just have a week off and you just want to go be politically active. By all means, go for it. If their fear is persecution. We have to act between government and government. Why? Because we have to increase the safety within their home. Now, how do we do that? I mean, sometimes it's going to be financial support. Sometimes it's going to be, you know, saying, you know, like we're going to create consequences if you don't adjust your safety protocols, um, political consequences, right? There's lots of ways that the politicians can go about it. But I can tell you what we're doing right now is ignoring it. It's pretty clear that for the most part, we are ignoring it. I don't, I haven't heard about our administration meeting with Mexican, uh, administration at all in the last two, almost three years. That's a long time. We got to get involved. We got to get involved in a way that keeps their country safer so that we aren't so appealing. Because they can stay home, which by the way, having lived here in the United States, I would rather stay here if I had my choice. But if I felt persecuted and attacked and my life was threatened, I think I would respond similarly. It's time to go somewhere. I better figure out who will take me. Well, with the U.S. border the way that it is, that's the easiest move. Number four, if the problem is primarily opportunity. It's not really an asylum issue at that point. That means we need to enforce the border laws and bring the people here legally. That's what we need to do. If it's primarily an opportunity issue. Why? Because there's no real threat of danger to the people that are claiming asylum. So one of those two things has got to be the primary you know reason for what's going on. If the people are in danger, we we have to work with their government to increase safety in their homeland in some way. And that's a political affair. If it's primarily opportunity, which you know obviously it could be a combination of these two things, then we need to enact the laws of the border. Which means we need to have some kind of system that allows people to get in safely when they're in danger, but keeps them out when it's not real danger. This is the most empathetic thing we can do, compassionate and thoughtful thing that we can do for our own citizens, for the safety of our own country. And we need to do it. So, Where I stand on this is I want us as a nation to take a look at who we want to be. How do we want to represent ourselves and one another when it comes to loving and caring for people who are either afraid for their lives or they realize there's such a great opportunity 
we need to figure out what we're going to do with that. And 2023 just might be the year to do it. I think it's a good year to do it. It's going to be a way of making sure that we care for ourselves and for others. It's that self-other thing. Obviously, there's a space between us, and it's not just a border, right? And in a relationship, there's you, me, and there's us. What's the us we're going to create with Mexico moving forward? That's a big question. And I hope you think about that this year. And I hope we as a country make a stand for compassion, kindness, caring, loving, behaviors, actions, words. That's my hope. Hey, thanks for listening and stick around. I've got a really good one coming too. I'm going to do, I got a couple of them. Uh, The next one is, I think it's going to be interesting. I'm going to go back to, uh, you know, the August 29th episode. The August 29th episode I did on uh, diagnosing Twitter. Yeah, I'm bringing it back. And we're going to talk about what that means at the beginning of 2023, because I'm re-diagnosing Twitter based on what has happened since Elon Musk took it. So it should it should be super interesting. And then uh, I'm actually, I'm contemplating, we'll see if it happens, but I'm contemplating putting a, a January 6th podcast together for January 6th. Just because I think that would be a a fun thing to do, uh, really take a, a deeper dive into that. Thanks for joining us. Have a great day. We really hope you enjoyed this episode. Please take a look at our website at www.healthyperspectives with a dash in between the healthy and the perspectives. Make sure there's an S at the end.com. So again, www.healthy-perspectives with an S.com. 